Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, we are FNA Van Life. Today, we are in Sedona, Arizona. We're going to be here for a little while, but we're going to get into our monthly news break. Woo! I'm excited for this one. This is one of my favorite things to do and talk about and rip apart these articles because a lot of them are just put together in a very weird way to kind of either take van life and put it in a negative light is what it seems like lately because it seems like that they want people to be stationary again and live in that regular nine to five lifestyle going back into you know the the work facility and whatnot before we get into this news break that we're going to be doing i want to say thank you so much to all our patreons we absolutely couldn't be on the road without you guys. A lot of the content and time and energy that we put into things that we put in online, we actually don't get paid for any of that. So like this podcast, we just do because we want to get this awesome information out to you guys. We want to connect with our community. And it seems like a lot of you really love it. And we're so grateful for that. But if it wasn't for the Patreon community, we wouldn't be able to keep doing it. So just for our Patreons, we are going to have part of this podcast missing and it will be on our Patreon link. If you want the rest of this news break that we're giving to you guys, you're going to have to sign up as a Patreon. Your support is so much appreciated. You don't understand how much that it helps us and how it keeps us doing these podcasts. And we do provide tons and tons and tons of free information for everybody. So if Patreon is not something that you're able to do, don't worry. We have lots of free content for you guys. But if you want the full scoop on all of these news articles, you're going to have to come on over and join the Patreon family. And that doesn't mean that we're leaving a ton of them out for you guys. We're, we're just trying to make it to where we could offer something else on top of everything that we offer in our Patreon, which is like discounts on merch inside scoops to what's going on with us um yeah and just all the details so be sure to check the link below and come and join us on patreon if you want the full inside scoop of today's episode but let's just go ahead and get into our first article here today Woo! i'm excited baby how about you <laughs> i'm very excited this one is from the daily beast it's called what van life is really like let's be real so let's be real right off the rip here we talk about every aspect of van life. We don't sugarcoat anything. We show you the beautiful places. We show you the horrible things that happen. You know, normally it's pretty small stuff compared to what's going on in the rest of the world. Like, but it's like you have to fix your heater, or the you places, got kicked out of a place by the police. Or the pla our place is messy at times, you know. But let's let's get into this. Go ahead, Alex. I feel like a lot of these articles are just kind of like bashing that like van life isn't as glamorous as it is on Instagram, which is understandable because any lifestyle 
on Instagram is more glamorous than what it actually is. Like, even people who live in houses, you're not going to take a picture of your dirty house after your kids just, like, ransacked it. And if you did, I bet you that it gets nowhere on Instagram. Like, it barely even makes it to your closest friends, and your closest friends aren't even going to like it because they're like, I see this every day. Right. I want to see something nicer. Speaking of closest friends, like, even people that I know in my life you take a family picture and you put it on Facebook or Instagram and everybody looks happy. It's the glamorous side. It's the glamorous side, but nobody knows that you and your husband are having problems and your kids, you know, are having learning difficulties at school and like all this stuff. The point of Instagram is to glamorize life. Yes. And we're all trapped in this bubble. Well, at least, at least the aspect of Instagram that we all know and we all like about Instagram is the fact of showing the glamorous side. You could show the not glamorous side of any lifestyle and you might be lucky enough to be one of many people that it allows your Instagram to pop off but that's probably less likely there are definitely lots of posts on Instagram you know they talk about it in this article the things about van life not usually shown on Instagram and so you know people will do things like that and I think that that's helpful but I think it's also kind of ridiculous that people don't just think inside their own brains and realize that all those backdoor shots or beautiful, you know, scenes and things like that is not just a once in a while thing. Like they have a whole section here of things that are like, you know, somebody posted this about, you know, the things that you wouldn't think about. And then, you know, the comments got flooded with all these, you know, people complaining about different parts of van life. So things like nights spent in parking lots or truck stops, moldy milk, I don't know where the moldy milk comes from because we don't drink milk. Like maybe your battery system's not powerful enough to make your fridge stay on. Or all you night. just don't have a big enough battery bank to actually maintain. Or that. you don't have the right kind of fridge. I don't know. Um, the next one is being trapped with farts in close quarters. Well, you just turn on your fan, open a window. Yeah, I mean, if you were in your house, you would still be trapped with farts, possibly. You know, like if you live in a Brooklyn apartment, let's be real, it's not big. Mm-mm. You know, so it's it's a little bit bigger than this, but you're still going to be, if somebody farted, it's not like it just goes away immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is mosquitoes, horseflies, wasps. There are bugs on the entire planet Earth. Yes. That is not a van have life you, specific Have problem. you never had a bug in your house? Because I feel like you had. Yeah, you've never had a spider or a cockroach yeah. or like any of these things. Like bugs happen. Well, so what we do, we have a bug net, and we also turn our lights red because bugs aren't attracted to the red light as much as they are white light. So there's a lot of different things that you could do to add into your van build to keep the bugs out. There's also little mechanisms that they make that you can put on your counter that actually like trap the bugs and pull the bugs into it hmm. with like a UV light. Um, so there's many different things that you could do to stop this issue. It just sounds to me like these people are complaining and they don't ever want to figure out a way to actually fix a problem. Well, and they don't realize that, like, a lot of these things are just life problems. Well, they talk about the banana or the fruit hammock, right, being, like, messed up. First off, get rid of the fruit hammock. Those things suck in a van in general. Get a get a stationary basket that you could put onto your wall, and you won't have, have an issue with your fruit being bruised or a banana hammock. Yeah, I feel like we did get trapped into the banana... Banana... 
yeah. the banana hammock thing when we first got into the van because we saw all the pictures and it looked super cute. And I'm like, we can't live in a van if we don't have a banana hammock. And then we got one and it was such well, a disaster well, that we got off, rid of it within a couple months. I think you went a little over the top when you said we can't live in a van without a banana hammock. Well, you know, <laughs> you just you see these things on the Internet and you're like, oh, everybody's got one. It's going to be so handy. Well, I think that's one of the biggest things, too, is everybody tries to imitate instead of just creating for themselves. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest things I guess we could say is like, stop trying to copy everybody and just do what you want to do. Yeah. There's a whole section in here about like the toilet situation, pee bottles, pooping in a bag, things like that. I mean, composting toilets, like if you're moving into a van and you're looking at your toilet options, you've got to kind of think about the fact that like, you're going to have to empty your toilet. And Correct. You're gonna, like, it's just like... That's just part of the lifestyle. And we talk about that quite often, especially in the lifestyle. But who really wants to talk about shit all the time? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, we're not putting it in every single one of our videos, obviously. But, like, every once in a while, you'll see it in our video, like, us dealing with that. But, like, is that, you know, that's something that people want to actually watch? You know, yeah. are you going to just turn viewers away if you're just always putting your your shit bag in the video? Uh -huh. We were like laughing. We were, we were like, oh, should we do a 24 hour like live stream from like just living in the van and like what it's like to live in a van 24 hours a day? Well, and like that's part of living in a van 24 hours a day. Well, and I would love to do something like that. But, you know, you're just literally going to watch us like walk around and talk to each other and then work. <laughs> Like, a normal life, you know? Yeah, it's just doing it in a van. But so anyways, there's a bunch of... This article is basically just, like, all of the things that you could be negative about van life about, and it's kind of, like, a bummer. I think it's unattractive, and it's trying to keep people from coming into the lifestyle, because you're going to make people quadruple guess whether or not this is the lifestyle for them. If you have the want to get on the road, just try it out. See if it's for you by just doing it instead of reading all these articles based on it. Because all it's going to do is stop you from wanting to get into the lifestyle. I will say that if you don't want to get into the lifestyle, that's perfectly fine with us because that will keep a lot of places more accessible. But if you're not into van life, you're probably not listening to this podcast Correct. anyways. I think that most of us listening and us and, you know, all the people that we've met on the road are kind of, like, aware of all of the things that you have mm -hmm. to deal with and are just dealing with them or finding solutions for problems. So with all that being said, we're going to jump into the next article. This one's from Insider. I feel like we have one from Insider every single month. Yeah, Insider loves to write these articles about van life it's just so strange. Like, I'm wondering who is actually reading this. Like, the only reason that we're reading this is because we're looking up articles to about talk about van life, life right? Yeah. But, like, if I was just, like, a regular, like, human... I guess it's more for people who are thinking about living van life, not necessarily people who are already in vans. Yes. Because I would not need to know three van life couples sharing what every traveler should know before committing to mobile living. So a lot of these articles are geared towards newbies or people who are thinking about van life. And let's be realistic. The person writing this insider article is most likely not a van lifer. So you should listen to the people that are actual van lifers writing these articles. Well, they've interviewed three van life couples. But interviewing somebody and actually being the person in the lifestyle is two different things. Well, and also, like, when you interview somebody you pick and choose the little bits of it that you want to include in the mm -hmm. article that kind of fits your narrative. 
I mean, and same goes for the van lifer, but realistically, the van lifer is going to tell you all the truths and not truths on both sides of whatever that question is. If you would, like, that's what we would do at least. Yeah. So the first tip in this article is to make a list of what you'll actually need on your travels before investing in a van. Let me ask you a question. What would you actually need in a van before traveling or living in a van? Do you know? It would be hard to know. Exactly. You need to live in the van to kind of get an idea of what those things are. So with that being said, we always suggest people on either like renting a van or, you know, just going bare minimal in the first like couple trips in their van to realize like what they actually need. In like a month, you should kind of know everything that you'll need in a van and then everything else could just take a backseat. Yeah, I think it's important to realize, you know, there are some things that you can think about. Like, we like to snowboard, so we need, you know, space for our snowboards. Mm -hmm. Or, like, um, there was a point in here about, like, the weather. Like, if we're going to be doing winter stuff, the van needs to be very well insulated, and we need to have, you know, warm clothes and things like that. But so, you know, you can only plan so much. I think a lot of it is, like, what you're actually going to do, and you're going to figure out while you're going. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will say they did a good job in this article by, like, stating who the people were and, like, putting their ats and everything in it and, like, how many followers they have at the moment. But, guys, I want you to realize how many followers you have doesn't actually matter in the sense of, like, the good information that you're possibly putting out there. Sure. And also, I don't know, this is a weird thing, but I feel like some people... Or like, ooh, we have this many followers, so we can't hang out with you because you only have this many followers. And it's a very strange thing, I feel like. I don't know if this is in other communities, too, but, like, in van life, it seems like everybody's got an Instagram and a podcast and a YouTube and a whatever. And it's like, you know, people only hang out with people who have the same number of people who are with them. And I just find that kind of, like strange right so she said she added that people should consider the countries or areas that they'll be traveling to which we talked about um they could choose or adapt to the right vehicle for those conditions so if you were going to scandinavia you might need a heater and if you're going to morocco you'll probably need an ac so here's the deal you definitely could have those things you don't necessarily need them will it help improve your you know uh Would it help improve your experience living in the van in these specific places? Yeah, of course. If we had an air conditioner in an extremely hot place, it would definitely help us out in the sense of feeling good and cool in our van. And same with the heat. But you can. We know people that don't have heaters and literally are in freezing cold temperatures and they just, for what, they have a really good sleeping blanket. You know, they have water on board in a cooler that doesn't allow the cooler to get uh, below or above a certain temperature based on the space that they're in. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, Nick had water even though it went below freezing, but his water didn't freeze, you know, because he had it in a specific bottle, right? So if we have it in these tins, we don't have to worry about it freezing or getting too hot. Yeah, I mean, there's always solutions, and there's always solutions on a price range, So there's very expensive solutions to problems, and there's also like very easy kind of DIY MacGyver solutions to problems. One really good DIY MacGyver solution that Alex has for the heat situation is she has a water bladder that she'll boil some water and she'll put into the water bladder, and then that literally will keep us warm inside of our bed sheets for the whole night. That thing stays hot all night long. 
Yeah, for sure. And it keeps the little area that it is in nice and warm. I think it's especially good for like the toes and the feet. Um, just to keep like that bottom area of the blanket nice and warm when it's really cold. So, but I mean, it's hot right now. And we then, do not need that. Yeah. And then when it comes to hot places, cause we're in a hotter place now, you could have a spray bottle with water in it and you could literally just mist yourself with water throughout the day, which makes it feel much cooler. Um, obviously in your van, it will get hot if you don't have any ventilation. Airflow. Turning, turning on a bunch of fans is always a great idea. Getting out of the sun and underneath a tree in some shade. Parking your windows away from the sun definitely helps a lot. Um, having reflectix. There's so many different things that help bring down the heat in your space. We're actually going about to make a video about that, so be sure to stay tuned to our YouTube channel um, to learn about how we stay cool in the van in the summer um, because we've got some really great tips and some cool products that you could use to help with that. But so the next point in this article is to connect with other van lifers to get practical advice on starting out. And I think this podcast that you're currently listening to is a really great place to start for that. Not only have Frankie and I been on the road for over two years. Oh, oh, yeah, two and, two and a half years now. I was like, how many? And <laughs> we have, you know, guests on the show regularly. Like, usually we have guests. It's, you know, rare that we're, it's just the two of us on the show. Um, but so we have guests on the show that have been in vans for varying amount of times. So we always try to give you the best, most useful information for whatever phase of the journey that you're in. Basically, these guys are just saying that if they could do it all, you could do it all. They use groups on Facebook. They, you know, reach out to other van lifers. They use a lot of YouTube videos to be able to create their build. And yeah, take some short trips in a rental before committing to full time van life, which is exactly what we talked about earlier in this article, like while we were reading this article. So it's funny because we're hitting these points before we even get deeper into the article <laughs> on what they're talking about. But good job, Insider. That wasn't the worst article that you've ever written about van life, so we'll give you maybe like a 6 out of 10 on that one. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, so next up, I just thought this story was kind of cute and funny. Um, it's from the Gazette. Uh, this must be like from a certain town. I, yeah, I don't know. Well, so anyways, I think it's in Colorado. So this is... Um, the. Title is called Joining Van Life in a School Bus, Colorado Springs Couple. Which would, Ready's for On the Wheels Adventure. Which would technically just be called Bus Life. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So it was just a cute kind of funny article about this couple who's currently converting a van. I thought it was cute that they actually, like, you know, cared that this couple was doing it. I guess because they're local and it's a local news source. They just wanted to, you know, get some inside scoop on why they were doing this. You know... They say you can't build, you can't do a log cabin in a bus, but this was as close as they could get, you know, on how their build is looking and things like that. Well, the outside you can't really make look like a log cabin, but the inside you could. For sure. Um, yeah, so it was just kind of like a cute, nice story. I feel like it's nice to see good, nice stories about yes. van life. People, you know, making choices for good financial reasons you know like they wanted to save money instead of buying a house they're buying you know this van that they could travel full time and most of the time these buses and vans have a good resale value on them so you could then you know travel for a little while and then turn back around and move into a home after selling the rig or you could just buy a plot of land have the rig on the land and uh be able to live out of that rig for quite some time until you have the right funds to actually purchase or build a home yourself mm -hmm. 
Every article about van life talks about glamorizing van life, though. So it says that this couple will be joining van life, the glamorized and glowing, growing movement of nomads or weekend warriors who live in vehicles full or part-time. Van life, as defined as a phrase, has been in use since at least 2011. So the one thing that I find interesting about that word, they put glamorized in all of these articles. And I think the reason is because, like, SEO, right? You have a lot of people searching this type of stuff. And once again, I think by putting that word glamorizing the this lifestyle, there's actually a negative uh, reason behind that. And it would be to like deter people or make other people feel like, oh, you're just glamorizing this lifestyle. So other people will do it. No, we're glamorizing it because any lifestyle that you live you're going to want to glamorize. If you're not glamorizing the lifestyle that you're living, you're not enjoying that lifestyle. Let's Mm -hmm. just put it that way. Well, and I feel like, too, uh, there was this TikTok that was going viral a little while ago that was like, glamorize your life. Make your life feel beautiful. You know, do little things that, like, yeah, I'm just making a cup of coffee, but I'm making a beautiful cup of coffee, and that makes me happy that it's like, you know, the pour over, you know, whatever. You've seen these TikToks where it's really beautiful. Well, but then when you drink that coffee, you're like, wow, this coffee tastes so much better. And it's because you put a lot of work into that coffee. You know what I mean? You put a lot of work into the food that you've made. Like even the pictures of like somebody's menu, right, are going to look more immaculate than the plate that you're going to get that comes out. Because they would have to decorate every plate the same in order to replicate the photo that they've taken for you to go, ooh, I want that. Well, yeah, and, like, when they're taking the photo, they know they're taking a photo, so they do their best job, whereas when they're slammed on a Friday night trying to get orders out. Well, so that's why in these menus you don't see photos of the food, right? Because each cook might make it a little bit differently, and if you're expecting this plate, then guess what? You're going to send your food back when it doesn't come out exactly like that. I think or you're going to be less happy. A lot of restaurants don't put pictures because I think Gordon Ramsay told them all it's very tacky to put photos in your (laughs) menus. Okay, up next from Protocol, how to do your office job from a van. Working from a van isn't for everybody, but here is how to decide if you can make it work for you. I will say right off the rip, it is not for everybody. You do have a little bit more trouble finding service for sure. Like uh, at least service where you have a, a a decent enough of a connection to like do a zo- live Zoom. But if you don't have to be on a video chat, you could most likely get enough service to like answer emails or do smaller things. Yeah, I think it definitely depends on your job. We know a lot of people who do their full-time jobs from a van or from a bus. They just tend to kind of move a little bit slower. So they'll kind of explore on the weekends and then find a spot with good internet and kind of stay in that one spot for the whole week so that they know that they're going to have internet, they're going to hang out, it's going to be a beautiful location, they can go for walks and hikes and things like that in the area. Well, and if you are looking, if you are living van life, you know the secrets behind all that by going on these particular apps that you could go on. We use iOverlander, for instance, and you could actually see whether or not a spot has a decent enough connection for you to be able to work. Mm-hmm, before you even get there. I think Campendium is really good for that. That's what a lot of like mm-hmm. the full-time worker people use because um, that's one of the parameters that you have to put into your review is whether the, you know, what service you have and how good it was and, you know, what you were able to do. Um, but so a lot of this article is kind of talking about how 
Many offices are starting to call back their workforce. So a lot of offices that were full-time remote during the pandemic are now saying, no, like you need to start coming back into the office, whether it's full-time or part-time, a couple days a week, whatever it might be. Um, Full-time travel van life for a lot of people might kind of be coming to an end. Yeah. And I could understand why that's happening. And the reason why I believe that's happening is because a lot of these companies are getting incentive to have people come back into the office. They are paying for a building, which now people are not going to, and which then in turn makes it to where they don't necessarily need the office. But cities give tax deductions to companies if they have buildings inside a certain space or a city, and they'll reap the benefits of actually having employers inside those spaces rather than not having them in the space. So you're going to have a lot of these companies trying to get people to come back into the office. But I do feel like a lot of van lifers who want to be on the road full-time will either eventually just find a new job that's going to allow them to work from the road, or they're going to put down their foot and they're going to say, these are my standards of the way that I want to work. We have to sign this contract in order for me to work for your company. Yeah, and I think a lot of companies will probably be, you know, okay with some kind of flexibility. Um, But I've also heard a lot of things where people, you know, that mass, uh, you know, people quitting their jobs because they did want them to go back to the office and they weren't willing to go back to the office. And, you know, or they just expect more from their company and more from their work-life balance and things like that. Um, So RV Trader pulled over 2,100 people last week and found that 44% of them work from their RV for more than 20 weeks out of the year. So that's almost half the year. Yeah. And like, so if you can do that, that's pretty amazing. Even if you have to be, you know, stationary for a little while, I think that, you know, the way that it's going, things are just going to kind of ebb and flow and maybe they'll start calling back to people back to work after the summer or whatever it might be. But what we've been finding is that all of these campsites are so full. Like everything is so busy. All these like van life places that are on the apps that are in these places, a lot of them are just packed of people, especially if you're near like a very sought after location. Like we are here in Ar- or Sedona, Sedona, Arizona. It's a very in demand kind of place. And there's not a lot of, places that you can camp in the city. Everybody has to go to the BLM outside of the city and it's just packed out there. Yeah. And when it, when places like that get packed up, what happens too is the signal for being able to do work actually drops out a bit. The one good thing is that most people actually leave during the day to head to the city to do like do work or just to explore or whatever it is that they're doing. So normally the service comes back up a little bit in those times. Yeah, so you get kind of like intermittent Wi-Fi, but if you're trying to work full-time, that's just not going to be possible. What I will say, guys, is you have to remember that it is your life. You need to do what you think is best for you to live the most fulfilling life possible. I'm not saying that that means just jumping full-on into van life, but I'm also not saying that that means like just go and work at your job every single day for the rest of your life. I left my job because I was too, I felt too busy working for somebody else than living my own life. And I wanted to live my own life. So that's why I got into this lifestyle. And now we work even more. We do, but it's in a different (laughs) way. We work, we work for ourselves and we do things that we love to do like this podcast, right? 
because if we were commuting to and from work every single day rather than doing stuff like this, I would literally travel and be like, how did I even get here? Now I know how I get everywhere because I'm fully aware and fully like immersed in everything going on and I'm loving it. Where before I was just like kind of just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are feeling that way. And I guess we'll see what comes in the next couple of months when everybody's kind of being forced back to work. We'll see how many, you know, of the van lifers stay true to the van life and, yeah. you know, keep it rolling. And how many of them maybe turn it into a weekend warrior kind of thing. Or how many are just going to get out of the lifestyle altogether. And, you know, if you're somebody who's looking to buy a van right now... You know, this might be good for you in terms of the market because the market for buying used or not used, well, yeah, used, used um, but like new. pre-built vans, the prices have just been like crazy. Yes. And so perhaps, you know, if more people are getting out of the lifestyle, there'll be more vehicles for sale on the market, which then in turn might bring down the cost of the vehicles Correct. for buying something that's already converted. Yeah, I don't think the price will go ever go as low as it was at one point in time, but it will definitely level out a bit. Before we get on to these next two articles that we're going to talk about, one is going to be about, you know, the Gabby situation, and the other one is going to be about this 28-year-old filmmaker. We are going to stop here on our main platform, and we're going to move over to the Patreon. So if you guys want to hear the rest and what we have to say about these, definitely come over, check out the Patreon. Guys, it's as low as three bucks that you could commit per month. It is super minimal amount of money when you think about it, and it really helps us out so much. So we appreciate all you guys listening, and we hope that you enjoy next episode. But come on over to the Patreon, support us, and we're ready to tell you more about you know these other two cases. All right, so up next we have this 28-year-old filmmaker who pays $700 per month to work and live in a renovated cargo van. Are you loving our podcast? Well, we have a way for you to get one more a month. By joining our Patreon community, you get exclusive access to a one-hour podcast ad-free every single month that does a deep dive into what it's really like to live on the road. Depending on which tier you select, you could even get free merchandise. Check out the link below and join the Patreon community today. You also get access to tons of behind-the-scenes content from our YouTube channel, too. Now back to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All right, all that.